Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On this show, we talk about certainty, a topic that feels more important today than ever before, but all in all, always an important topic. Got my good friend and business partner here, Paul Sparks, uh, partner in the Whale Club, not only a very successful real estate investor, but also a certified certainty advisor. Now, we do this show because a wise man once asked a question. If you look at the last three years of business by months and turn all the negative months into zeros, what would happen to your bottom line? And that wise man is Dan Nicholson. We're also here to help you achieve financial certainty through real estate by rigging the game in your favor. I'm also on a mission to create 100 millionaires, and the information on this podcast alone is enough to help you become a millionaire in in the next five to seven years. If you'll take consistent action, you will become one. Now, if you get value out of the show, please share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. And as Paul and I are talking, it's going to sound like we're talking in a totally different language. Might cause some confusion, confusion. That's okay. All we ask is that you keep the loop open. And today we're going to be talking about how to gain massive influence with one tweak. Now, before we do that, Paul, what's your six-word update? Strong leaders build strong allegiance capital. Today, we're going to be talking about allegiance capital and how we can use that tool to gain massive influence with our our team, our clients, sellers, our family, and personal relationships. It's a it's a really incredible tool, and I'm excited to talk about it today. All right, awesome. My six word update: World class investors use investment theses. Now that word sounds weird. It's because that's the plural for thesis. And I had to go back and forth and say, how do we say the plural for thesis, right? But the best investors in the world, they have an investment thesis. That's what Paul has helped all our Whale Club members create inside the Whale Club. And it really hammered home for me. Last Tuesday night, um, I had dinner with Kyle Malian, the guy who just buys businesses. That's his business, right? And he kept saying over dinner, here's my investment thesis for this. Here's my investment thesis for that. And it's just that you know, the reticular activating system, once you learn about an investment thesis, now you start seeing, oh, wow, the best in the world use this as a, just a normal thing. So for me, that really hammered home the, the, the lesson that Paul's teaching inside the Whale Club. So what is the problem? Have you guys ever noticed that sometimes when you suggest something, whether to a team member, to a business partner, maybe your kids or spouse, and you say it, and they're like, yeah, maybe, right? And the problem is we've got some confidence missing. And so we've learned how to instill just a little bit more confidence in our messaging. So, Paul, what is that? So let's start with a story because you know how we like to tell stories. We understand things best through stories. Yeah. So let's start with a story. Do you want a... We've done the Google Maps thing before. Mm-hmm. We could either do we could either do driving directions or hiking directions on this story. Which one would you do, Steve? Let's go. Let's go with the hiking story. Since, since I don't hike, you can you can tell me what it's like. Okay, we're gonna do hitchhiking uh, because I <laughs> I've sort of thought through the driving one many times. I could probably do a hiking version of this story, but let's do hitchhiking. So let's imagine that you know you're trying to give directions to someone let's say i'm trying to give you directions on how to go from hitchhike from phoenix to denver it's pretty Mm -hmm. long ways right oh yeah well here's the problem is this is the way that a lot of us give directions in our business and with our employees and with our sellers and our clients is we're like yeah it's about i don't know how many miles it is let's just say it's a thousand miles away 
And so what you're going to do is you're going to take this highway and then eventually you're going to hit I-25 and you're going to go north, follow that north until you get to Denver. It should take you about 12 hours or so to drive that. And it's about a thousand miles. Um, and if you need help, you can just pull over and stop and ask for directions. And that's how we give directions to our team. But the problem is, is we've never, let's say you've never been to Denver. You've never hitchhiked from Phoenix to Denver and you don't know the way, right? So the problem is, is we start, you know, walking and then we're second guessing ourselves. Have I gone far enough? When am I going to hit I-25? He said I was going to hit it, but I haven't seen it yet. Have I gone off track? Did I take a wrong turn? Um, hey, this is taking a little longer. I guess we're talking about hitchhiking, not mm -hmm. driving. So it's going to take much longer than 12 hours, right? Yeah. So po point being, we give these fairly vague directions in a lot of cases because, yeah, we might understand how to get there and we've done it before, but they never have. So instead... If you're going to give someone directions, what you might say is, yeah, you're going to walk for a long time. It's going to feel like you're walking forever. You'll know you're on the right path because you're going to see this landmark. There's a big mountain to your left, right? We call this mountain uh, the sign, right? Well, you know that you're going the right way when you pass that mountain. That's going to be about two to three hours into your walk. If you've walked three hours or more and you don't see this, you might want to take a few steps back, find this other landmark, mm -hmm. right? Then what you're going to do is you're going to keep walking. Once you see that mountain, you're going to pass a city called, I don't know, what's a city you'd pass on the way there, right? Give Dolo. them these specific cities. Yeah. Tell them, you know, uh, you're probably going to feel like you're, you've gone too far. That's very normal, right? This is a really long walk. So just recognize you're probably going to, to feel this. And oh, by the way, there's going to be a big stretch where there's not going to be any water, right? So you're going to want to make sure before you, uh, before you hit this landmark that you fill up with water and you take extra precaution there, yeah. right? Then when you finally hit, you're, then you're going to see I-25. You'll know that you're going to see I-25 because you're coming up on this landmark, and what you're doing is you're telling people things that they might expect and might feel before they get there, right? As opposed to telling someone, well, yeah, you just walk, hit this, hit this landmark, and then go north. You might tell them, yeah, it's probably going to get dark. If you leave first thing in the morning, it's going to get dark by the time you get about here if you've gone the right direction. If you haven't, do this or do that. And so – I think that the, the reason why I tell that story is that a lot of times we leave out the details of what it might be, what the sellers might be feeling and going through in this process, mm -hmm. what your teammates, right? You're trying to onboard somebody into the company and they're going to have to, let's say, make 75 cold calls every single day for the next three or four weeks. You might start by saying, this is going to be really challenging and you're probably going to want to give up a few times throughout the process. Yeah. It's very normal to feel that way. Most people who get a week in, it's either a break point, either they give up or they push through, right? So when you feel that, recognize that you're probably in the right place and it's, a, and it's an opportunity for you to decide, am I going to press on or am I going to give up? Yeah, that's huge. So, that's huge. So like, cause if you can tell them what it's going to be like before they get there, then when they get there, it's like, oh, yeah, this is what they said it was going to be like. You know, the example I've heard, um, 
was the the dentist, right? Like when I was a kid and I see a dentist, random things would happen and I would just freak out, right? Needle in the mouth, no idea why. Loud whirring sound, what the heck is going on, right? Mm. My kids go to the dentist. Hey, this is going to sting a little bit. Hey, you're going to hear a sound of a motor. It's okay. This is normal. Mm-hmm. Calms the nerves down. So my experience going to the dentist was always a, you don't know when you're going to get hit and for what. My kids go to the dentist. Everything is calm and relaxed. There's steady pacing because before anything happens, the dentist tells you, here's what's going to happen. And then they do it. It's like, oh, yeah, he said this was going to happen and everything's fine. Right. Here's what's going to happen, and, and, and just as importantly, here's how you might feel mm-hmm. when that does happen, and that's very normal. That's how you know you're going the right direction, right? It's the hitchhiking example, yeah. is tell people what's going to happen before it happens and how they might feel about it so that when they get there and it does happen that way, all of a sudden they're like, oh, right, Steve told me this was going to happen, and then it happened. Wow, he must know what's coming. Right. And now you've got, now you've gained that credibility. Yeah. I mean, that's why we start off every single show with a healthy dose of Allegiance Capital. Mm-hmm. You say things like, Paul and I are going to be using a lot of words and language on this show that you may not be familiar with. That is okay. Keep the loop open and, and allow yourself uh, to kind of uh, learn these things through the process of an open loop. That is a version of Allegiance Capital. Absolutely. So I put some notes here. So how does uh, our good friend, Dr. Jeff Spencer, uh, get involved in all of this? Right. So this is his this is his term. Dr. Jeff is uh, he's an Olympian. He's worked with dozens of Olympians to help them win gold medals. Uh, He has worked with some of the let's just let's say top performers in the world. As far as I'm concerned, people like Tiger Woods, uh, Richard Branson, um, Bono. I mean, he's worked with some pretty, pretty big names recently. uh, Yeah. And Chris Voss as well. Chris Voss is a, has a, does a healthy dose of allegiance capital with his sales process, which I'm sure we'll get to in this show. But the idea is, is this is his phrase. I learned all of this allegiance capital stuff directly from him. So give credit where credit's due as we, as we try to do as much as possible on this show, this is all his intellectual property. And the whole idea is he's got this little equation. It says allegiance capital equals trust in leadership plus belief in mission. So, I think that's something that we all desire. We all desire from not only our team, our clients, our family and personal relationships, we want them to trust in us that we know what we're doing. We, we need that trust in order to move forward. And we also need them to trust and have belief in the mission that we're accomplishing, especially as a business owner, especially if you're leading a team, especially if you're in a sales role, especially with your wife, your husband, you know, your, your, your kids, right. Telling them that things are coming before they come is Uh very, very helpful for navigating and influencing, uh, these, these different relationships. Yeah. So how then we were talking about the, uh, uh, developing allegiance capital, how is the sum of trust and leadership plus belief in the mission? What can we do? Or is it, are we basically saying in, in order to increase trust and leadership, we have to apply more allegiance capital? Is there, am I looking at the formula in the wrong order? Um, well, 
when I think of Allegiance Capital, I think of it as like, yeah, what's what's the combination of the of the uh, of your team? Let's speak speak specifically uh, towards your team right now that they believe in you as a leader. Again, you you are increasing that when you tell them something that's coming before it comes and how they might feel. Uh-huh. Right. We're able to build that trust through that process. It's a lot easier doing it that way than being like, oh, yeah, I could have told you that after a week of cold calling, you were going to get tired of this and you're going to want to give up. Yeah. It's like, well, a good leader tells them that that's coming before it does. So then when they recognize it and you might tell them when you start feeling this way, I want you to recognize that that's a very normal uh, thought. First thing I want you to do is this. Mm -hmm. Right. Give them that clear step, that clear, those clear directions before they get there so that they're not like lost. Should I be in this place? Am I in the right place? Am I going to be okay? Have I gone too far? It's like, well, this is how you know where you are. This is how you'll know where, what to do next. And when you get to that place, make sure you come back to me because I'll tell you then the next thing you need to look out for. Right. And so going back then for application here, do the map to, or for us to hitchhike from Phoenix to Denver, maybe then as a leader, we'll tell them how to get to maybe Globe, right? And then from Globe, how to get to Sholo. And then from Sholo, I don't know what other major cities are along the way. Uh, but here's how it's going to feel to get from A to B, check back with me. Here's how it's going to go from B to C, mm. get back with me. Here's how it's going to feel from C to D. Is that kind of what we're That's talking so about weird. here? Yeah, I think that's actually a better way of describing it than what I did, which is like trying to lay out the entire map of where to go. You might tell them, hey, here's how you get to here. And then when you get there, I want you to call me. And they're going to be like, everything that you said was going to happen, happened. I saw that billboard on the side of the road you told me about. Mm-hmm. I saw that, you know, factory that you mentioned, uh, and, you know, had that weird smell. And I walked by and I smelled it. And I was like, oh, man, I'm right. I'm in the right place. You told me it was going to get dark. I wasn't going to quite make it before, you know, the sun went down. And that exactly the same thing happened. So I just stayed put, knew I was good, got up in the morning, walked the rest of the, the way and got there at 10 a.m. Yeah. And that's the point is you want your teammates uh, and the people that you lead to 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 um to see you as a place where they can come and get the next step. You are describing their journey so accurately that they're like, everything that you said was going to happen, happened. And then what happens when that does your allegiance capital grows, right? Now they have a stronger trust in you as a leader to be able to navigate um, the terrain. And then the belief in mission, what can we do then to increase belief in mission? Well, um, we're actually going to talk about four ways that today that the, the a leader builds allegiance capital. Now, of course, belief and mission is um, that this is a worthy cause still, right? And part of our jobs, let's just say, as the leaders of businesses, if you're, uh, if you're listening to this and you're a leader of a business, I got news for you. It's your job to set the direction of where you're going, right? And you need your team to believe that not only are you the right person to lead them there, but this is a worthwhile place to go, right? So part of part of that, um, those two things combined lead to greater allegiance capital and ultimately, you know, greater influence. That's really what it is, is we're trying to influence our team uh, or whoever, right? And so let's talk about the four ways you can build allegiance capital. What I'm going to do is, again, I'm going to describe 
this is what the first, this is what the leader provides. Then we're going to talk about what the teammate feels. We're going to talk about the teammate's allegiance. And then we're going to talk about what the leader gets in return for those things. I know I just threw out a ton of information. This is some allegiance capital for you right there. This is going to sound a little confusing at the beginning, but we're going to make sure to tie all this together at the end so you guys have some actionable steps together at the end uh, and make, make sense of it all. So, so, Steve, the first thing that a leader provides are updates. So it's kind of like what we're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, This is what's coming. This is what you can expect. This is how you might feel when you get there. And oftentimes, it's th the simple things, right? Hey, guys, this is going to be a tough week. We got a lot of stuff coming. There's going to be some headwinds in the market. We're going to face adversity. Here's how we're going to handle it. And we need to make sure we're prepared for this certain thing that's coming. Right? And everybody's got a different situation. But the first thing a leader provides is updates. Yep. Yeah, there's a little bit of forecasting. Here's looking into the future. We're surveying the landscape, checking out the horizon. And here's what, how we see things happening in the near to immediate future. Yeah. So the leader provides updates. And the teammate feels honored, right? They feel honored that you take the time to explain to them what's coming. They feel part of the team. Um, and, and, and ultimately, the leader gets productivity from that, right? Because you've told them what's coming, again, they're taking steps on their, on their hitchhike very confidently because you've told them what's coming, Right. So again, that translates into productivity. Now they're not second guessing themselves. Now they know what to do if they encounter a problem. They know where to go. So by the team, by the leader providing the updates necessary, the teammate feels honored and the leader gets productivity. Yeah, I'm thinking right now. Kind of look at like what coaching is, right? Uh, coaching, the things you're offering when someone signs up for coaching, they're generally looking for one of a handful of things. Uh, one of them is clarity on what the next steps are, certainty that they are the right steps, and confidence to take those steps. And basically what you're talking about with, with um, Allegiance Capital is by consistently letting them know here's what's coming up and here's what's next, not only are you helping them see what's coming up, but they can proceed confidently. It's kind of like... A, uh, the, the terms I've been using recently in our conversations is fog of war. Probably not the best terms, but, you know, I just go back to playing video games. That's what we had, right? You can kind of, the, the greater your fog of war or the greater your vision inside the fog, right, the better your next steps are, the better actions you can take. Mm -hmm. And by, provi by providing allegiance capital, we can uh, operate better, you know, uh, with, with less, I guess, fogginess. Yeah, and, and Dr. Jeff says that he, he calls this teammate allegiance, and the teammate allegiance is self-directed. And that's another way of stating what you just said. It's like they're moving confidently. They are, they are um, yeah, self-directed in the sense that you've told them what's coming. Now you've enabled them to have the confidence they need to step forward um, 
and they know how to handle problems when they come up. They know what to expect and they know where to go to get answers when something happens when they don't expect it. Mm-hmm. So that's number one is the leader provides updates. You've got to provide updates for your team and tell them what's coming before it comes. That requires a lot of foresight. It requires a lot of slowing down, right? If you're reacting to everything, you're probably not building enough leadership and allegiance capital in yourself. It's yeah, your even, job as a leader. Before you even proceed, I just want everyone that's listening right now or watching right now, just think back to your last leader that was always reacting. That was always like hyperventilating. Yeah. How much confidence did you feel in that leader? Like every time I had a leader that was like always like spinning around in circles, like, bro, like what are you doing right now? Like all you're doing is freaking everyone else out. Whatever this is you're doing right now, it's not only not serving you, but it's serving nobody. Get it together. Anyway, yeah. I just want to kind of highlight and, that point, like the thought, ex- thought exercise for everybody that's listening. Yes. Updates don't always necessarily mean. Um, so let me give you another example. Uh, we made, starting in December, we implemented a new strategy, let's just say. It was, it was centered around this personal branding stuff. Mm-hmm. And what I was asking my team to do is not something that is, let's say, sustainable for ever right it's going to be really tough to put in the same level of activity we've put in for the last three months forever so part of the allegiance capital i built with my team is like saying uh and i've been repeating this ever since we started talking about it in december is that hey guys by the time early to mid-march rolls around you are probably going to feel a certain sense of burnout because of the activity that we're going to put forth over the next three and a half months, that's going to have some trade-offs. So, so by early March, if you're feeling a little bit of burnout, I want you to recognize that that's totally okay. I want you guys to start planning a vacation. You need to get away either in late March or early April to, to refill the tank because we cannot run like this forever. And this is likely going to happen. So I want you to go ahead and start preparing for it now. Guess what's happened over the last couple months? We've been busting ass. And everybody's now coming out and saying, oh, I need, I need some time off. It's it just like what you said, Paul. Right? And it's, it's like, well, it's because that's fairly predictable. But as the leader, it's our job to let people know that's probably coming. Even if it doesn't happen, uh, that's okay because, again, we don't need to be right every single time. We need to tell them the most likely circumstance, and if this happens, here's what we're going to do about it. All right, cool. So what's the second thing a leader provides? Second thing a leader provides is resources. So, you know, a lot of times it's, it's simply asking, what do you need? What can I do to better support you? What additional resources might help you accomplish your job better? In the hitchhiking example, it's, hey, can I get you a bigger water jug? Do you need a tent that I could pack for you? You're probably going to have to stay overnight at least once out in the desert. So maybe I could get you a small tent. Would that be helpful? What do you need in order to do your job well? So a leader provides resources to his team or her team. Mm -hmm. And because of that, the teammate feels valued, right? So by you as the leader 
providing these resources, the teammate is now going to feel valued, valued member of the team. I'm here to support you. What do you need? Wow. He really cares. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's someone that's going to go out of his way or he or she is going to go out of their way to make sure that I feel valued and that I'm supported. That's another way of saying supported. You know, they feel supported. And the teammate allegiance is that they become a team builder for you. They are now an advocate for you inside of that team, right? By you going out of your way to provide these resources, the teammate feels valued. That results in them naturally becoming an advocate for you. I see this as like the reciprocity rule, the rule Mm -hmm. of reciprocity, right? You give to somebody else. They naturally want to give back to you and help you support and build that team. They become an advocate for you, an advocate for you. And the leader gets teamwork, right? If you want to build uh, allegiance capital inside your team, one of the ways you do that, again, I'm just recapping, is to provide resources to your team. What do you need? What can I do to help? Right? That teammate feels valued. They become an advocate for you and for your team. And ultimately, the leader gets teamwork. Right. Gotcha. That makes Where have you sense. seen that show up in your business? Um, I mean, really, the I would say oftentimes when we're looking to see how we can help a team member, right? Like we do, uh, whether it's our weekly level ten, uh, our quarterly meeting, or just talking to talking to the teams, like, what do you need? What are some resources that you could use right now that help you uh, excel more in your role? Um, and so, for them, yeah, they feel value they feel appreciated they feel like they're part of something that's uh that someone wants them to to succeed you know oftentimes most business owners give off the impression like hey paul if you could just work a little bit harder i can buy a nicer car i can take a better vacation right it's all about you work harder so i can benefit here it's more of a conversation like look what do you need to become more successful right so that you can accomplish your goals your dreams, and so on. And who doesn't want to work for uh, somebody that wants them to succeed in life? Yeah, I mean, pouring into your team, developing them into becoming stronger leaders. You know, I, I, I think it was um previous show we had sort of talked about, it was the the rule, what was it? Um, the rule of three and 10, when we were sort of discussing from, from, from one to three deals, you have to become a stronger leader in order to lead your team. Part of what we were saying uh, needs to change going from three to 10 is that you have to start enabling your team to become leaders, right? And and that happens by developing your team. You do that through providing them resources, getting them training. Um, I I mean, I could list a million different things, but the whole point is, is by doing that, you are going to build stronger allegiance capital and stronger teamwork inside of your team because they're going to feel valued as a valued member of that team absolutely Uh, so i love that so that's number two number three the leader um he he's written here one of us the leader provides a sense that they're one of us right i think sometimes uh there's a tendency in leadership and i'm guilty of this to be like yeah i don't want to do that you go do it And you start hiring out all these things that you don't want to do. 
And your team feels that to a certain degree, right? They feel that you are not one of us. Like you're this, you know, person that sits up there and you're not willing to get your hands dirty, get down into the trenches, right? And fight it out with us. And so a good leader shows and demonstrates that they're one of us, not the same, but similar. So that might mean jumping on the sales floor and making some sales calls, making some cold calls with your team once a mm -hmm. week, showing and demonstrating that like, I'm in this with you. Yeah. So you were saying I'm one of you, but not the same as you or something along those lines. How do you de delineate that? How do you separate the two? Yeah. Similar, but not the same. Um, and this is something, uh, it's a good question because I've had this question with Dr. Jeff all the time. How do I sort of differentiate that? Like, Hey, I'm here to support you, but I'm not here to do your job for you. Uh -huh. So I think that there's a, a certain amount of discretion that has to be provided. I'm not a huge fan of the CEO sitting on the sales floor all day making sales calls. That's, you know, that is a different job. Uh, the CEO's job is to set the vision of the company. It's to, you know, whatever the CEO does. But the point is, is you still have to demonstrate to your team that you are uh, there to support them and that you're one of them in a certain sense. So yeah, it, it, I, it's a good question. I don't think that there's a necessarily a right or wrong way to do this. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that if you're making the mistake where you're not showing your team that you're willing to engage in all the activities of the business when it's necessary, you're probably leaving some allegiance capital on the table. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of those things like, I wouldn't ask someone to do something I wouldn't do myself, right? Right. And so uh, while we were in San Diego uh, for Collective Genius, we stayed at Airbnb. And part of the checkout is you got to take out the trash, which I think is kind of like ludicrous, but fine, whatever. So I am trying to clean up in the kitchen and take out the trash myself. I'm not asking someone else to do it. I'm just going to do it myself. Which Manny is like, look, we're running late because of you. <laughs> Go go hit the shower. I'll take care of this. Right. But I'm not asking someone to do something I wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great way to say that is, and you've got to show your team that every yeah. now and then, cause people forget new people come in, you know, and they're going to sit there and, and what that can oftentimes lead to is a little bit of resentment. I think mm -hmm. for you as the leader, if you're not willing to, to jump in every now and then and show them like, Hey, I like, I, I can relate to what you're going through and I'm going to make sure that, you know, I provide that, that for you. And in exchange for that, the teammate feels understood. They get what I'm, you know, the leader gets what I'm going through. That's what the teammate says, right? Mm -hmm. They get me. Okay. If they're willing to do this and jump in, and it's the same thing, like you just said, he's, he's not going to be, he's not going to ask us to do something that he's not willing to do himself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the teammate's allegiance. Uh, essentially, that's another way of saying, what does the teammate bring at that point? Well, they bring proactive ideas. They're going to start, um, I mean, think of it. You are on the floor with them. I and mean, oftentimes the leader can be disconnected. I found this in my own business. I was just disconnected from the process. I, yeah, I did it for a long time, but then I hired it out and I never went back and did it again. Mm -hmm. And so part of it is like, you jump back in there and you start realizing and they start realizing, hey, there's a better way to do this. 
there might be a more efficient way to, to go about it. And you start getting these proactive ideas. People start coming to you and saying, hey, I think we could improve if we did this. There might be a better way to go about this. Yeah, we're having people on the front lines that actually know. They actually have uh, um, eyes. Uh, what's the word? They've got eyes on the field. You know, um, yeah. one of the things that I, I always try on the front lines, actually doing the work, and they'll tell us, hey, what you're asking us to do, it just doesn't make sense today. It might have made sense six months ago. It might have made sense three years ago. But today, it doesn't cut muster, right? You're setting us up for failure. Okay. Then what should we do? And we listen to them because they know better than we do. And by the way, like if they're wrong, if what they're telling you doesn't make sense, you can share with them, hey, I understand where you're coming from. Here's what you're telling me. Uh, here's what I'm hearing from you. Is this accurate? And say, like, yeah, okay. Here's the reason why I don't like this idea. But at least you heard it out first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's because they feel understood, right? right? They feel like they can share because they feel understood. You're not in a very, let's just say, a state where you want to bring forth new ideas mm -hmm. when you feel like the boss doesn't even understand what you're going through. Just dismisses it. Yeah, just dismisses it. It's like, I don't really want to hear it. Get back on the phone and start making more calls. Hey, Paul, I didn't hear. I didn't hire you to be an analyst. I hired you to go, go make phone calls. Not the same, mm -hmm. right? They have to still feel that you're one of them in order to feel understood, in order to bring proactive ideas. And by doing that, the leader gets innovation inside of their business. You're going to have people who are bringing proactive ideas that leads to innovation because they feel understood. You're giving them a platform to share because you're actually doing it with them fighting alongside of your team. Right. And that's right. sort of how I think of, you know, the third way that we can build allegiance capital is by demonstrating that you're one of us. Gotcha. Makes total sense to me. What's the fourth one? Number four. Actually, before we get to the fourth one real quick. Hey guys. Uh, we do have the cheat sheet. Uh, we've talked about it a few times, right, for rigging the game. You know, for the people like Paul and myself, the people that are listening to the show and the people we hang out with, generally speaking, asking someone to take more action or take more risk is not something we have to say. <laughs> it's, they're, they're, you're already taking action, realizing the downside, right? And in order to do that, we need all the tools. Uh, so if you want the cheat sheet from rigging the game, uh, go to Whale Club Free Stuff, the wealth evaluation.com. I created a six page document that kind of shares with you how to figure out not only where you're going, but where are you today and how fast you're going. And then we have our keynote presentations, right? So go to uh, realestatecertainty.com to check out our, uh, our keynote presentations we've had. Number four is the leader provides showcases. Um, <clears throat> another way of saying that is. Um, people like to be honored, I should say, how do I say this? Featured, uh, showcased, right? If, if you're a leader and you don't have a platform inside of, let's say, your daily huddle ups, your weekly meetings, and you know, everybody has their own way of running their businesses, right? A lot of us run on EOS and things like this. And so uh, whether that's in your, I forget what they call that, the, the Monday meeting. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the level 10? Uh, the level 10. That's right. Uh, point is, is a leader provides showcases means you've got to you've got to find ways to articulate to your team. Doesn't always have to be public. A lot of times it can just be like, 
recognizing that you need to you need to go over to that person, put your hand on their shoulder and say, I just wanted to let you know you're doing an excellent job for us. I really appreciate all the work that you're putting in. I can tell how hard you're working. Is there anything I can do to support you? Now, that's kind of a private way to do it. I've found a lot of, let's just say, success in publicly in front of the team praising people. We do something every week in our Monday meetings that we call the Bunny Hill Bounty. Um, so it's this idea that uh, I give out a $100 in crypto every single week to my team for the person who demonstrated our core values the best or really displayed what it means to be part of our team went above and beyond. And, you know, in our morning meeting, I spend two to three minutes praising this particular person for the work that they've done, the way that they've demonstrated their core values. And then we go around in a circle. We have a pretty small team, so we can do this. Mm -hmm. And everybody says something about that person and how they contribute to the team. Right. So I use that as an opportunity every week to showcase one of our team members because about every month or six weeks, everybody needs a good showcase. Everybody needs to be uplifted. Right. Yeah. So that's just one that one way that we do that. Definitely one of the areas where I struggle the most. I have people within the organization who are good at it. I am lousy, horrific at showing praise. Yeah. Well, we show the language that we want to receive, right? Mm -hmm. Love language that we want to receive. My love language is words of affirmation. So it's probably why I do that fairly well mm -hmm. is because, you know, I want people to tell me that I'm good as well. <laughs> um, and so, you know, yeah. So giving that form of love has been a, a way of, of building, um, building my team up. And, and the, as the leader provides these showcases to the team, the teammate feels acknowledged, Right. They feel acknowledged. Um, again, some people are going to react better to that than others, but I can tell you everybody likes to be acknowledged for the work that they do. Yeah. And oftentimes they, if they feel unacknowledged, they won't even let you know. You'll just start seeing their, their productivity, you know, lower. Yeah. No one, some people may hesitate from public showcasing, but nobody hates private praise no one's gonna be like i can't believe you pulled me aside to tell me i'm doing a good job i'm offended yeah oh well, i don't know maybe 2023 some people are really easily triggered but generally speaking most people will like praise recognition if not public at least definitely in private and this is just part of i think a leader has to recognize when the teammates need a little bit of praise some people are going to need more than others some people don't like it to be public. Some people want it to be private. But you've got to be in tune to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's it's just it's easier to lead from praise than from anything else, like telling them what they could do to improve or yada, yada, yada. That's why a lot of times if you have feedback to give, you always want to you know sandwich it in between. Here's all the great things that you're doing. Here's a few areas I see you can improve on. But like I said, again, you're doing these things really well. We just mm -hmm. make, we just need, need to make a few small tweaks. Right. Absolutely. What is the teammate? How does the teammate allegiance come into this? So again, you provide this showcase, the teammate feels acknowledged. And now uh, I, I've, I've, these are sort of my personal notes that I wrote here, but the teammates allegiance is they're early. They're prepared. They're showing up. Right. I started doing this bunny hill bounty every single week. 
and people are early to the meeting. Why? Because they want to be praised. They're not sure who's going to get the bounty, right? They want to see uh, who's going to get it. And, and I feel like uh, that's contributed to pe people being prepared for the meeting, right? Mm -hmm. They show up, they've got their data updated. You know, the, the CRM is updated because they know that that's part of our core values. They know that, um, yeah, these different things are there. And so I feel and have noticed that our team is early and they are prepared. Got it. And that's what the leader gets is punctuality. This was, this is Dr. Jeff's phrase. The leader gets punctuality by doing that. People show up because again, everybody likes to be praised. Yeah. So how then, so these are all great points, you know, it's in line with so many things I've learned very, very recently. Uh, how does this apply right like if uh if someone's listening right now how can they go what's one thing they can do right now to go out and execute on allegiance capital so yeah now this applies we are speaking specifically as if you're the leader of a business and you're trying to build allegiance capital which is trust in you as the leader and belief in your mission right there's four ways that we've sort of highlighted you can improve on that the first is provide updates to your team consistently, but not too often, right? You need to tell them a lot of that. A lot of that comes down. Like Dr. Jeff has a really good way of saying, um, this is what needs to go on this week. There's a bunch of other stuff and noise that we're going to have to worry about in the future, but we're not going to worry about that right now. Yep. When that time comes and I need to let you know, make uh believe that i will let you know when it when it's uh time to talk about this but right now here's what needs to happen so providing that level of updates and and sort of reflecting on the the moments and the points throughout your week and your month and your quarter when you can start injecting those updates to your team and be prepared for it don't be reactionary where you show up to a meeting and you're like oh right let me come up with an update to try to update them on mm -hmm. i could tell you where my team gets frustrated Unfortunately, unfortunately, this still happens is when they get an update after something's happened. Right. Yeah. Oh, by the way, here's what we did. Like, well, I was working on this other thing. You told me to focus on this other thing. Yeah. Was the last two days of my work just completely just evaporated? It's pretty aggravating. So definitely updating is one thing that we've been working on all of us and throughout all the organizations is Providing updates at least on a daily basis, if not multiple times a day, so that we're all moving in coordinated action. You know, we had uh, Larry Ash come through, and he taught us how to communicate like Navy SEALs. Are we there? Not even close, <laughs> but significantly better uh, than we were uh, a year and a half ago, right, For before we hired them. And we can clearly see, because we're coordinating action better, there's a lot more allegiance capital. Right, there's more faith that we're if we're not doing the right thing, at least there's faith that we're doing our best to do the right yeah. thing. A lot, lot, there's a lot well, more grace given. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is this, the higher your allegiance capital, the the more grace your team will give you mm -hmm. as you're navigating things, right? Uh, and that's why we want to. I think of allegiance capital as like a currency, right? Yeah. The the more you have of it. Uh, the, the more you can spend, right? Like you, there's more leeway, more grace. Your team is going to forgive certain things where it was like, um, yeah, hey, you never told us about this. Mm -hmm. 
if you're starting to get that question, it's probably because you didn't have enough allegiance capital built in the first place because the team that's got, uh, that has a lot of trust in leadership says they will let us know when we need to know, right? Anything that comes up that is, is, is going to affect us. The leader in this case will let us know if you have that level of allegiance capital, then things will come and, and happen inside the business, but you're, it won't phase your team because they'll be like, Oh, well, I guess I didn't need to know. Yeah. You know, we're talking about this. Was it, I wrote it down here, right? Allegiance capital equals trust and leadership plus belief in the mission. Yeah. So right before we started this show, uh, I had an ex uh, salesperson who used to work for us. He worked for us up until apparently uh, 13 months ago and we fired him, you know, for, uh, we felt like uh, he, he wasn't quite loyal to the mission. And uh, the conversation we had when he came in here, you know, we were catching up and he said, yeah, you know, I kind of felt beginning of last year or maybe a little earlier, you guys didn't really have my best interest at heart. And so when you guys fired me for not being loyal, truth is, you guys kind of put some things in place that made me feel less loyal. It's like, ugh, right? But then you listen to this right here, it's Allegiance Capital. We did something that caused him to lose faith in leadership. And as a result, we've got this spiral, right? It's this, 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 this death spiral that begins. We do something, violates trust, they lose trust, they demonstrate less trust, we feel they demonstrate less trust, and their vicious cycle begins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and so because we only have you know an hour on this show, and Dr. Jeff has spent like our deck. I mean, a lot of time with me helping me understand this. We are not going in to too much depth on building mission belief, right? We've mm -hmm. talked mostly about how to build trust and leadership. Yeah. But we haven't talked a ton about belief and mission. Maybe we need to do that on a different show, but he has a formula or an acronym that he uses called the right goal. So right R standing for, well, how is this relevant? Right. Mm -hmm. As you're, as you're, building mission belief, if you can't tell your team why this is relevant, you're going to probably lose belief in your mission. If you can't tell them what the incentives are for hitting this goal, why, you know, how does this benefit them? <laughs> Basically, how mm -hmm. much money do they make? How much time do they get back? What does advancement opportunities look like? Uh, so RIG is grit. He talks about the growth edge and this idea about you know, you sort of described a lot of us don't have a problem with pushing mm -hmm. and taking on risk. And we want to be at that edge, right? We, we're going to need grit and we got to explain to them why that's important. Like we're going to have to persevere. There's a certain level of perseverance that it takes to achieve any mission, right? Mm -hmm. And they've got to buy into that. They've got to buy into the humanity of this. Like, okay, a lot of, a lot of businesses, and I'm speaking generally, but do a pretty bad job in my opinion of showing why this is is why is this relevant to the world why is this a worthy cause worth doing tying especially like the younger generations right they really need to understand how does this impact humanity how is this impacting my uh my community the people around me right and we as leaders have to connect our goals and our mission back to that in some way otherwise we're going to lose belief in mission mm -hmm.
And then the last one is time. Um, like, when are we starting? How much are you going to need to be available? Part of, you know, when I was talking about my, uh, my big push over these last three months is telling my team, we're going to make a really strong push for the next three months. I need everything you got for the next three months, right? And then we're going to take some time off. And we're going to recoup and refill the tank, right? And so telling people things like that, telling them what the end goal looks like and how much time it's going to take to get there is, again, another way to build belief in mission. So you've got these right goals, and we could probably expand. I, I just breeze through that really quickly. Oh, yeah. That's, this is definitely a whole other episode. But that's the idea is, is the leader provides updates, resources, demonstrates that they're one of us fight it out in the trenches so to speak and then they provide showcases right they're providing that verbal praise to their team and in exchange they get productivity they get teamwork they get innovation and they get people showing up early and prepared right to 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 go to battle for you as their general i don't know why we're using so many war uh analogies in this episode today but we are well, I generally look at allegiance as loyalty, and I think there's no better place of demonstrating loyalty than in battle. Loyalty, trust, honor, all those things combined. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, guys, you know, if you guys found this helpful, you know, and you guys want to check out the cheat sheet again, whaleclubfreestuff.com, the assessment, wealthevaluation.com, and you can check out the keynote presentations. And by the way, you know, we're going to be launching another uh, cohort. Um, in a couple of months, you want to know about it, go on to the YouTube descriptions, go to the form, put your name in, uh, or you can go to realestatecertainty.com and get, and get added to the wait list there. So, you know, you don't want to miss when we do our next cohort. Um, anything else you want to add here before we wrap up, Paul? We have been working hard all week to get the realestatecertainty.com website and the Whale Club Free Stuff website sort of i don't know i wouldn't say fix but just like update it right we've got so many tools and so many resources and that what we've been putting out we needed to compile steve and i needed to slow down uh, that's our that's our bias you know we don't do that very well we just yeah. go really fast and then you know, this was our effort to to slow down and compile this so go check out our new website realestatecertainty.com um we'll, we'll sort of tell you about the whale club how we are designed using all these tools that we talk about on this show to fund what we want in life on our terms, on our timelines and playing our game. That is the, that's the purpose of the whale club. That's what we do. So if you want to learn more about that uh, and how to implement the tools and the different principles that we talk about on this show, you can go check out that website and learn more about it. All right, cool. Perfect. So we'll wrap up here. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening. And then we'll see you guys all later. Bye, everyone.